O-M-G, episode 100. It's here, guys. Best life lessons. Let's do this. Welcome to the Solo Women Travel Tribe podcast, where life coach and solo travel expert, Zena teaches you how to feel confident, empowered, and prepared to take on any solo travel experience. Here is your host, who is not afraid to say it like it is, Zena Jones. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 100. I just want to take a minute and say thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for being a part of our solo women travel tribe community. And thank you for showing up and getting the value and the goodness that is here. And for those of you who are putting into practice the the tools I am teaching you and asking the questions that I'm giving you, like extra special pat on the back for you guys, because there is so much goodness in these episodes. And for those of you who are really applying what you're learning, damn, I am proud of you. All right. But everyone, all of you listening, you are my friends and I just want to say thank you so much. We made it to 100 episodes and I am so proud of us. (laughs) I'm so excited for this episode, can you tell? (laughs) I feel like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, oh my God, where do I start? Where do I look? What do I do? Oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) It's the best day of my life. That is how I feel about episode 100 and I am so happy to be here with you all. So guys... It's springtime here in New Zealand and the sun is out a lot more and summer is coming and you all know if you've been listening to this podcast, I love summer and I am so happy. (laughs) Feels like we're getting there. Summer's going to be here soon, right? I swear um, every time I record this podcast, I'm talking to you guys about the weather. But just so you know, that's what's happening. (laughs) That's where we're at. All right. So what I wanted to do in this podcast today is I wanted to share with you some of the best lessons that I have had throughout my lifetime and, you know, maybe some of the stories that go with those lessons. I want to talk about some of the teachers that taught me those lessons and tell you where you can find them. And I just want to share some of the things that have had the biggest and most profound impact on me. And I think that this podcast is a collection of those things, but I want to just really bring awareness to some of them and speak them out in the words that they are coming to me now. (laughs) Did that make sense? I think I said it that way because our thoughts create our feelings, right? So the way I thought about things back when I say, for example, started episode one of this podcast and the way I think about them now has evolved over time, right? And what we think determines how we feel, how we feel determines what we do, right? Our feelings drive all of our actions. And just learning those two things right there, that what we think determines how we feel, right? Not the outside world, not what somebody else said or did, it's what we think about the outside world, what we think about what that person said or did that determines how we feel, right? And then knowing that how we feel drives all of our actions, right? When we feel a certain way, we do certain things, right? Or we don't do certain things. Hello, procrastination, right? It's because of how we are feeling. 
And I really got that lesson from my life coach instructor, right? So the school where I certified as a life coach, I got it from my teacher and instructor, Brooke Castillo from The Life Coach School. Now her podcast has literally changed my life. So if you guys want to check it out, it is The Life Coach School podcast by Brooke Castillo, right? And I certified as a life coach back when she did in-person training. And I think it was around 2016, I want to say. And it just had such a huge impact on my life, right? Now, whilst I was there, one of the things one of the master coach instructors said to me during training was I was having like this real um, imposter kind of imposter syndrome moment. And I said to her, like, as I'm becoming a coach and certifying and talking about going out in the world and doing this work, I said to her, who am I to do this? And I'll never forget her sitting opposite me in the chair, looking back at me. And she said to me, who are you not to do this? The world needs this. The world needs you to show up and do this. Right. And I've never forgot that moment. And I want to offer you that. Right. The next time you think, who am I to do this? Who are you not to? Right. The world needs your gifts. The world needs you. Right. Something else that's just come into my mind that I want to share with you is a thought that I have adopted recently, right? And I heard a fellow coach say this, and I just heard it in a way that really spoke to me. And the thought is this, I am fucking brilliant. I want to encourage you to adopt that, right? You are fucking brilliant. I am fucking brilliant, right? When I think that, when I feel that in my bones, I am inspired to go out and take action. I feel determined. I feel empowered. I feel powerful, right? So good. All right, back to my list. (laughs) So something else that I learned quite early on was hearing the word should in my vocabulary and how often I hear it. And I have become acutely trained to hearing it recently, very recently, right? And I hear it so much with my clients. So I should be further along. I should be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that, right? Or it also shows up in the form of I have to. I have to go and do this. I have to take care of that. I have to get that done. I have to be doing more. And be careful with I need to as well, right? I need to do this. I need to go and do that thing. I need to get that done, right? Should, have to, and need to create so much pressure on ourselves, right? It's like somebody's literally standing over you, pressing down on your shoulders, right? And on your chest at the same time, like really applying that pressure, right? So what I want to encourage you to do here, and I've done an episode on this, I think, before, right, is make a list of all of the things that you should do. And once you've got that list down, right, I should be a better person. I should do more charity work. I should be taking more action towards my business. I should be further along, right? Cross all of that out and replace the should with, if I wanted to, I could, If I want to, I could be further along in my business. If I want to, I could do charity work. If I want to, I could be doing more, right? And it's exactly the same thing with I have to. If I wanted to, I could, right? 
So for example, somebody might say to me, I have to go to work. And I'm like, no, you don't have to go to work. And when you say that, you feel pressured, right? The reality is that you could decide simply not to go and you'd probably get fired, right? And then you'd end up maybe out on the street, whatever, but you don't have to go to work. You choose to go to work, right? You want to go to work because you want the income it provides to be able to support yourself, to support the life you have, to support your family, right? Whatever it is. So be so careful and attuned to those words because they do create so much pressure and unnecessary pain and suffering in our lives. And that brings me to the next teacher who very first sort of showed me that that path and that work, and that's Louise Hay. So she talks about should. I don't think she says this, but I've somewhere I've become, I've heard the term shoulding on yourself, right? Like you're shoulding on yourself and it never feels good, right? When we're like, oh, I should be doing that. It never feels good, right? So Louise Hay talked about it in her book, You Can Heal Your Life. Now, guys, if you've listened to this podcast before, you probably heard me talk about that book. It literally was the very first self-improvement, self-help, self-development book I ever read and listened to, and it changed my life. I keep going back to it again and again and again. I buy it for my clients. I send it to people. I really encourage you all to read it. There is so much goodness in there, right? So the next thing I wanted to talk about is there is no right or wrong way to live your life. Oh, I can't tell you the amount of freedom I found when I kind of learned that I didn't have to follow the society kind of way or the society pressures or expectations that are placed on us, right? There is this kind of unspoken rule out there that we should, you know, finish school, go on to university or college, get a degree, you know, find a partner, settle down, get married, buy a house, have 2.5 kids, work your way up the corporate ladder, whatever it is, right? Whatever it is like for you, there's that kind of unspoken rule in society pressure that we should do it that way or expectation rather that we should do it that way. And just learning that you don't have to do that and that how we live our lives is going to be different for every single one of us. There is no right way to do it and there is no wrong way to do it, right? Gosh, how freeing is that just to know that? It's such a big life lesson for me. Like I, I literally was trying to force myself in my early 20s to really follow the mold, tick the boxes, do the things that I thought I was meant to do but I didn't want to. And nobody asked me if I wanted to, right? I just assumed that I should. Here we go. There's that word again, right? I should be doing that, right? Yeah. I actually meant to share a story with you when it came to the should. So I remember running the very first retreat that I did way back when Solo Woman Travel Tribe was a baby, (laughs) a few years ago, right? And I ran this first retreat because I thought that I should be doing it. I have this community, I should be running trips and retreats. Like that's initially how trips and retreats started, right? Like I wanted to run run a trip to Peru and I did that, right? And then I thought, well, I should be running a retreat because I have this community and I have you know, people I can bring together and I have knowledge that I can share and amazing experiences I can do. I should do that. Right, but be mindful of that, 
Be mindful of that word should. Even just this morning, I had the opportunity to join a call at 7 a.m. this morning, right? And I was feeling already like I had quite a lot on my plate and I had a coaching call an hour after that call. So I wanted to get ready for that, etc. right? And I felt like I should be on this call. And when I caught myself thinking I should be on it, I checked in and I was like, hang on a minute. Do I want to be on that call? And I said, yeah, I want to be on it. But right now I actually think that my priority is that I get these things done and I don't need to join that call. There will be another opportunity. I more just want to be on it because of the fear of missing out. And I don't like my reasons for wanting to be on it. So no, (laughs) I didn't join the call, right? But there is that word should. Be mindful of that word should, right? This one here, worthiness, it's hard to say, worthiness (laughs) is not earned, it's just a given. I think about this and I'll describe it to my clients in the way like when a new baby is brought into this world, when a baby is born into this world, right, and the doctor or the nurse or whoever the midwife, right, picks up the baby, they don't look at it and go, oh, yeah, this one's good enough. We'll keep it. It's worthy, right? And put it in a pile. No. (laughs) The baby is born into the world. It is picked up and it is worthy. It is whole. It is complete. It is enough simply because it is born, because it is human, because it is here on this planet. And the same goes for all of us, right? We are born into this world good enough. We are born into this world worthy. We don't have to prove anything to anyone. It was my very first life coach who taught me this, right? I was in London and I accidentally ended up in a life coach's office getting life coaching sessions. And I'm sure I've shared that story on the podcast before, right? And, and she really started unpacking my brain and my mind around why I was in London trying to tick all of these boxes for success and trying to, you know, find happiness and all of that. And I was very much trying to prove my worth and, and prove to the world and to my family that I was good enough, right? But none of us have to do that. There are no humans who are more worthy or less worthy than others, right? We are all worthy. We are all whole. We are all complete, Nothing we do or don't do alters our status of worthiness, of being enough, right? It actually brings me to another point, which I didn't have written down here on my list that I would love to share. And that is in in coaching, I, I see this time and time again, and we talk about it in the coaching community that, you know, our basic human worries and concerns and fears like it the the main thing that so many of us get coached on boils down to thinking that we are not good enough we're not worthy or we're not enough in some way shape or form right we all have that in us that we are not enough in some way right when I say all of us I'm gonna say like 95% of us right And a lot of us will work through that, but then it'll show up in a different way, or it might show up a couple of years later in a completely different area of our lives, right? So it's just, it's kind of good to know that underneath the surface, inside of all of us, we all still suffer from the same things. 
Now, some people a lot more than others, right? For people who, you know, maybe go to therapy or maybe get coaching or go to counseling or really do that inner work, it's, it, it comes to the surface and you can work on it. But when you're just walking around day to day, like the majority of people, they're all suffering from the same stuff, right? And that brings me to another thing on my list. I'm totally out of order, so I hope I don't forget anything. And that is that we are our own best and worst enemies, right? Like we are harder on ourselves than anyone else would ever be. The internal dialogue that we have, our inner critic, whatever you want to call it, like our inside cavewoman brain is harder on us than anyone else would ever be in this entire world, right? But at the same time, we also have the ability to give ourselves more love, more kindness, more compassion than anyone else on the planet, right? The other extreme of that is that we are also our best friend. Like we, we can offer ourselves everything we need, all of the love, all of the compassion, all of the kindness, all of the understanding, Right? We can offer that to ourselves. That is the mo- like one of the most powerful things about the human brain, right? We can do that. What else is on my list, my friends? Um, what I've talked about what we think determines how we feel, right? I've, ah, this one here. Done is better than perfect. That is literally how this podcast got started, right? I really had to remind myself, coach myself, and tell myself, like, done is better than perfect. Guys, this episode's not perfect. (laughs) Neither is episode number one, right? Done is better than perfect. And my, you know, my getting this done is somebody else's best. It's their perfect, right? And you're the same. You're getting something done and put out into the world is better than, than never putting it out there or waiting months and months and months trying to perfect it. Because I guarantee you, once you put it out there, you're going to want to change it anyway, right? Like once you think you've got it perfect, you're going to want to like tweak something or change something. But at the end of the day, done is better than perfect. And your done is somebody else's perfect. I think a beautiful example of that is this podcast, right? The amount of people who have reached out to me over the years and said, oh my God, thank you so much. Like this episode has helped me or like this has been so powerful and I love what you're teaching or whatever it is. Like people are reaching out like this advice. This was so good, right? And every time I do this podcast, (laughs) well, not every time, most of the time, right? I'm like, oh, I could have added this. Oh, I could have said that. Oh, I should have done that. Oh, well, (laughs) it's out there. It's in the world, right? It's done. And if I keep thinking it needs to be perfect, this podcast would not even exist. My friends, (laughs) done is better than perfect. Another incredibly powerful lesson that I have learned is that Everything we want is on the other side of our comfort zone, right? Otherwise, we would already have it, right? So I really want that to sink in with you. Everything we want is on the other side of our comfort zone. Otherwise, we would already have it. If you think of the goals you have, the dreams, the desires you have, right? Like 
like I think weight loss, I use that example a little bit, right? Like if, for example, you're wanting to lose weight, the reason you haven't done that yet is because of the discomfort of restricting your eating and upping your exercise, right? Of restricting your calorie intake, there is discomfort in that, right? Whereas if there was no discomfort, if you could simply just take a pill and boom, drop, you know, three dress sizes, whatever it is, it would already be done. You would have already done it. So everything we want is on the other side of feeling uncomfortable. So if we're willing to embrace discomfort, if we're willing to get outside of our comfort zone, right, we are going to be more successful. We will, and when I say successful, whatever you deem to be successful, right? Like if that is achieving your goals, right? I don't know that success is the right word, but anyway, whatever you want is on the other side of your comfort zone. So the more you are willing to embrace discomfort and feel uncomfortable, the sooner you will achieve it, the sooner you will get it, and the more of it you will get, right? It's one of the things I teach my clients really early on is how to embrace discomfort, how to become a person who is willing to feel discomfort and not make it mean something has gone wrong. See, we are often taught that like our negative emotions are bad and that we shouldn't feel them, that they are terrible, they should be avoided at all costs. And that's not true, right? We just think that if we feel them and allow them in, something terrible has happened, something has gone wrong. That's not true, right? I think such a powerful example of this as well is public speaking. So the, like, for a lot of us, it would benefit us to be able to have that skill of public speaking, Right? So for me, if I wanted to stand on stage in front of 200 women and tell them about the benefit and the power of coaching and how they could apply some tools to transform their lives, like I know I could help a lot of people in doing that. Right? Potentially, people might want to work with me at the same time. Right? A lot of other lives could be impacted. They might go and tell their friends, hey, I learned this tool, let's use this. Right? People could have their lives transformed from that experience. And... My fear of public speaking, right, that discomfort is the fear of potential humiliation, of potential fear, of potential rejection, of potential embarrassment, right? Those are the reasons that we don't want to get up on stage and speak in public. We're afraid of being embarrassed, rejected, humiliated, right? But what if we were willing to feel those emotions? Here's the thing, it's 50-50. They may not happen, they may happen. But we avoid doing the public speaking because we could potentially possibly feel them. So we just avoid doing it, right? We avoid feeling the negative emotion. But what if we are willing to feel that emotion? What then do be, will we do, right? So when I'm now, I'm at this place now, and I'm actually doing a speech tomorrow, ironically, but when we are willing to feel humiliation, embarrassment, rejection, and fear, right? Then we go out and we share our message with the world. We get up and we do the public speaking. So what I'm trying to say is when there becomes no emotion that you aren't willing to feel, there becomes nothing you aren't willing to do. That's another powerful lesson I learned from Brooke Castillo, right? From my coach and my, um, my instructor from the life coach school right? The reason we do or don't do anything is because of how we feel, right? So we avoid public speaking because we're afraid of feeling humiliated and rejected, embarrassed. But if we're willing to feel embarrassed, rejected, and humiliated, 
then what would we do? We would probably speak, right? I hope I'm really getting that one across. It's such a powerful lesson, right? Everything we want is on the other side of our comfort zone. So the more we become willing to stretch our comfort zone, to get outside of it and deliberately put ourselves in positions of discomfort, the more we grow our willingness, our capacity and our ability to feel uncomfortable, which is such a powerful thing to do. Right? I actually did a Facebook Live about this in Solo Women Travel Tribe community a couple of days ago about deliberately putting yourself in a position to get outside of your comfort zone on a daily or at least regular basis. Because the more you do that, the more you start to create that belief in your mind, well, if I can do this, what else can I do? Right? And solo travel is such a beautiful example of that. Right, When you take your first solo trip and you are afraid, Right? You are afraid, you're uncertain, there's all sorts of different you know, emotions swirling in you. And when you're willing to embrace them and feel them, get outside of your comfort zone and take that solo trip, it starts planting new seeds of thought. Like, well, if I can do this, what else can I do? Right? I was able to overcome that challenge and that hurdle. I was able to get outside of my comfort zone then. So if I can do that, I can probably do it again. What else can I do? And there's such a powerful way to start thinking, right? Because remember, my friends, what you think determines how you feel and how you feel determines what you do, all right? And what we do determines our results and our experiences in life, okay? Now that is, I've talked about that before, the self-coaching model that Brooke Castillo teaches at the Life Coach School, Definitely go check out her podcast, my friends. It's amazing. And one last thing I want to leave you with is this. I think that this is so powerful. I've talked about, you know, making decisions from future you, from the person you want to become, who's achieved the life that you want to, you know, live and achieve. And this is a post-it note that I have taped here on my desk. And I look at this every single day and I really embody doing this, okay? Always be making decisions from the person you want to become and be more committed to her than you are to your comfort today. So good, my friends. All right. Cheers to us. This is episode 100. Guys, so stinking proud of us all. (laughs) Thank you again for being on this journey with me. Huge love to you all. Take care, my friends, and I'll see you again next week for episode number 100. One. Let's do this. Have a magical week. Take care. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, then I want to invite you to sign up for a free consult call with me. This is a one hour call where we get to talk all about you, where you are now in your life and where you most want to be. I will show you what is keeping you stuck and why you aren't yet where you want to be. And I'm going to give you a plan of the areas that you can start working on straight away to see the changes that you want in your life. You will also have the opportunity to hear about how to work with me as your one-on-one coach. Now, if you want to do this while I'm offering it, then make sure you head over to solowomentravelltribe.com slash free call. 
There is no better time than now to start feeling better and living the life that you want. I look forward to chatting with you.